In today's show, it's time to look at players who are overperforming and underperforming. And you might be able to do a buy low, you might be able to do a sell high, but you'll definitely be able to do a Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bot, uh, not podcast, podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. I'm clean shaven. Quick reminder, I'm doing this to grow a mustache, big dirty mo, big sexy mo, so I can raise funds for men's mental health, suicide prevention, prostate cancer prevention, and testicular cancer prevention and research. There will be a link to Movember and my Movember page in the show notes and in the description of this video, or you can go to Movember, I think it's movember.org.au. And you can find, just search Josh Lloyd, and you'll find me there if you want to donate. And thanks to the people who have donated. I've got a goal of 500 bucks. Um, I reckon we can beat that. We're at 100 already. Hopefully, we can go past that. And uh, yeah, you'll see this mustache really look start, start to look sexy. And you'll start to question a lot of things when you see how nice it looks in the coming weeks. But in terms of things that are nice and maybe coming in the next few weeks, I don't know. We're going to talk about players who are either underperforming or overperforming their expectations. Now, that means you can try and trade them away or you can try and get them in a trade. But you don't have to, right? Again, that's a key point. Don't trade for the sake of it. Don't trade just because this guy is a buy low. Like, oh, this guy might be, he's the 80th best player and he might be the 40th best player. Therefore, I'll trade the 45th best player. Like, that's not how it works. If you can't get them for decent value, where there is a small chance of it not working out, that's the only sort of trade you do. Hey, how can this player get worse? How can I lose out on this trade? If the percentage chance to you is really small, that's when you do it. Not everyone's going to think the same. I'm telling you now, not everyone is going to think the same. So you try it. 10% of your trades, 5% of your trades might go through, but you try it. And that's where we're going to start because Warney, should we go to Sacramento? Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to DeMontis Sabonis, who was, who's been bad. Like, simply, he has not performed how we want him to. Now, I, ha- I thought that considering how dumb they are, they traded away a great prospect to get him, that they would just use him, honestly. They would say, okay, well, we're going to use you in this offense and we are going to have you as a somewhat featured player. But what do I know? Why why would the Kings management and coaching be in sync? Especially a new coach. Why would you do that? That wouldn't make any sense, would it? Especially when you're going so well with one win after the first two weeks. Anyway, enough Kings bashing. Sabonis is struggling. He's the 64th ranked player in category leagues. He's the 39th ranked player in points leagues. It is not all lost though, because there are clear, easy ways for him to improve from here. Like really, really simple stuff. He can easily get another three, four fantasy points per game, I would say. He's only averaging 13.5 points, real life points. That's it's that's the it's it. Scoring. Right? Why is it down? Well, there's a couple of reasons. He hasn't made a single three all season. Now the Sabonis is not a good three point shooter. Let's get that clear. He's attempted seven threes through six games. So it's one a game. I would have hoped he could hit 
two, maybe three. And while that doesn't seem like much, if he hits three threes through six games, that's one and a half points already. And automatically, he's at 15 points. That's how easy that change is. Look, he hits three threes over two weeks, and that and then that jumps up to 15 points a game. He's also averaging an astonishing 4.7 fouls per game. I think he's fouled out two or three times, and that's keeping him at 31 minutes. These are the obvious things for him to change. Actually, he's not 31. He's at 29 minutes. Well, there you go. It's even easier. Six assists, great. 10 rebounds, great. 0.8 steals, 0.8 blocks. He's never going to get those. That's not important. 68 from the line, well, there's room to improve there as well. But realistically, it just comes down to get a few more shots because his usage is only 20. Play three more minutes and, and hit some threes. I, I don't expect him to be a top 20 player. Maybe you're not even a top 30 player, but better than this. Now, when I talk about how you make a trade, I'm not going to say trade this player for this player. A logical conclusion you can come to, though, is looking at some of the buy lows on this show and the sell highs and see if you can meet somewhere in the middle. But what you want to do is you don't want to send a potential or a current top 40 player who's going to remain around the top 40 for Sabonis. You want to get a guy in the 50 to 60 sort of range, someone with maybe a little bit of risk associated with them, and try and buy at Sabonis' worst point. There'll be people who don't like Sabonis' fit, me included, in Sacramento, but also look at it and go, well, they're just going to keep benching him, which has been true, I think, one or two games, but it's also been foul trouble most of the time. So having a look at all those different factors, like just it's extracting 20 spots of value, 25 spots of value maybe. Three to four fantasy points. Just finding that right little player who's in that zone is going to be worth it, I think. Let's go to another big man. Let's go to Cleveland this time to talk about Jarrett Allen, who has had a bit of a disappointing start. He's the 89th ranked player in category leagues. He's 75th in points leagues. Um, So why is that the case? Well, I think... Starting with points leagues, he's got four to five fantasy points per game he can easily get back. Like, he should be able to be around the 50 mark. That's that's not a tough ask, I think, for Jarrett Allen. Category leagues around the 50 mark as well is possible. He's playing 32 and a half minutes, so that's not the issue. But it's only 54% shooting. That's it. This is a guy that can flirt with 70, at least 65, 10 percentage points. That That's simple as that. And the other thing that's happened, which is interesting, and this might not change, but as, as we see with so many of these, either sell highs or bow lows, it's multiple things happening at once. Not only are the shots not going in for Allen, but he's getting fewer of them at the same time. Are they related? They might be. Hey, things aren't working. He's not finishing as well. We're going to be less likely to get it into him. Or is that the Donovan Mitchell effect? I don't know. But he's only at 15% usage, hitting 55%. But that 10 percentage point goes up, goes to 65%. And then his scoring goes up, which is only averaging 12 points. It goes to 14. Maybe he doesn't hit 16. Who cares? I can get to 14. Really, is it's one shot a game that goes in. It's two, two like it's one and a half attempts per game, and one goes in at his new percentage. Even if he they just change, if his 55 goes to 65, he probably gets to 14 points. Like that's as simple as it is. He's had one block in his last three games. He's not. He's a good shot blocker, but he's not a three. He's not Brook Lopez. He's not going to get three a game, but. One block in his last three games. He's averaging, I think, one block per game over the season. And those they're, they're just two easy things. That's a 30-spot rise really there, like really straightforward. So, you know, you want, like, if you look at the guys who are ranked around him, PJ Washington, Jalen McDaniels, 
um, yeah, currently ranked around him. Like even guys ahead of him, like Draymond Green, um, to- Tobias Harris. Like Tobias Harris is ranked ten spots ahead. I-, I take Jared Allen every day of the week there, but it's up to you to look at what trades suit your team, and that is one of the key things in category leagues as well. Is what suits your team? Points leagues is just, you know who's going to score more fantasy points. We know that, but there are clear ways here for Jared Allen to improve on what he's done, and it's not really that big of a change. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your football and betting needs, football and basketball betting needs at the start of the NBA season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, an in-depth analysis of every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. We're heading into next week of the NFL. The trade deadline is upon us. We've got Thursday night football, the Eagles. 13.5-point favorites against the Texans. The Eagles are crushing it. Jalen Hurts, my fantasy quarterback, he's going pretty well. Should they be able to beat the Texans? I bloody hope so. And I think they'll be able to do it pretty comfortably. But that is a big, big spread. And you can check all that action out for the NFL over at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the World Series, including the NHL start to the season, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Don't forget to gamble responsibly. After you've listened to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, check out Locked On Sports today. It is our recap show, games that matter, the biggest stories go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. And I reckon you're going to get something on the nets on Locked On Sports today, looking to hire Ime Udoka after firing Steve Nash. I will talk about that more on one of my shows today, but holy shit, what a story that is to wake up to. The nets... Cannot stop tripping over the dicks. All right, let's get into the next guy. Speaking of, the Brooklyn Nets completely didn't mean for that to transition the way it it did. Um, Ben Simmons. It's really easy to hate on Ben Simmons. The dude doesn't know how to play. Hates basketball. And now he's missing two games in a row with a sore knee, which is a giant red flag. It is really red flag. And he's been not good. There are little signs. But injury, red flag. Poor performance. The hatred of everybody in the NBA. The hatred of his team from everybody in the NBA. He's the 134th ranked player in category leagues and 99th in points leagues. What this means. I think Simmons can still be a top 100 player, top 70 player maybe in category leagues. And in points leagues, where do I see? Like I think he's got almost 10 fantasy points, 8 fantasy points per game you can improve on. He's averaging just 27.5. Um... All of these factors, you give up nothing for him. Like, what do you give up? Absolutely nothing. Injury red flag, chaos with the team, poor performances. You don't give up anything. I don't think anyway. He's averaging six points. Six. No one drafted Ben Simmons to score. But this guy averaged 16 points a game in Philadelphia. No one no one drafted Ben Simmons to be a good free throw shooter. But he's 20 percentage points where he behind where he used to be. He's at 47%. And while, yes, you have Simmons, you're a punt free throw team. I know that. It's important in, in points leagues as well. Because if 46% goes to even 55% or 58%, no one's, like, I'm not saying, man, he's fixed it. He knows how to shoot. Because 61 is still really bad. But hit one extra free throw a game. And then six points becomes seven. Hit two extra free throws a game. And you get to eight. And that still could be at 60%. And... He's at 44 from the field. He's a 55 to 58% guy in his career. Is he that same guy? No, look, he's not. Am I expecting the usage to blow up? No. 
but I'm not expecting him to stay at six points per game on 44 and 47. This could easily just become 11, 53, 55. That's not hard to get to. And then he's giving seven rebounds, seven assists, one and a half steals, almost a block. And you give up nothing for him at the moment. What do you have to give up? Like, honestly, if someone has Ben Simmons, they're looking at, why did I draft this bum? He's useless. He's never going to play. I'm going to consider dropping him. Send someone bad. Send someone, Santi Aldama, whose value is going to disappear. Not that that's, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a great amount of value. And I'm not trying to give names here. So I should stop really saying names as much as I can. But give give your worst player. Give you two worst players. Simmons, maybe. Is, is that other person's worst player? Like this is, it, it can't, surely it can't be worse. And even if it is worse, oh well, you've given up nothing and you can drop him. If the injury becomes a thing where he's out for months, you just drop him. But, I, yeah, let's go to Houston because there are two guys we're going to talk about. Which one am I going to do first? I'm going to do Jabari Smith Jr. Ah, Smitty. Sorry, Jabari Smith the second. Um, he's the 151st ranked player in categories, 127th in points leagues. And you know why I know this is a good buy low? Because I've seen multiple places, Reddit, um, checked on Roto World forums, Basketball Monster comments section, Twitter. I'm dropping this guy. I'm dropping it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a bust. Nothing's ever going to happen. He's lazy. He just spots up. Like these comments are all the time. Okay. Jabari Smith, this is really simple. He's shooting 32.6% from the field, which includes 32% from two. That's it. That's honestly it. All right. He's hitting 33% of his threes. That'll probably jump up, but that's not the problem. There's no problem with that. Like as a... We, he was not a good field goal percent shooter in college. He was like 43%. And we knew that you'd probably have to draft him into a field goal percent punt build this season. He's 127th in points leagues. But 32 up to 42 is a massive leap. It's 10 percentage points. And you know what that does? Yes, it still turns you from a punt field goal percentage team into a punt field goal percentage team. No change. But you score more points. He's averaging 12 and 6. He's still averaging 1.4 blocks and over two threes made per game. He's hitting 89% of his free throws and two attempts per game. You get that 32% up to 42, maybe it hits 45 at some point. And then he's averaging instead of 12 and 6, 16 and 6 with 1.4 blocks and two to 2.5 threes. And then you go, I'm rolling now. I'm absolutely rolling. He's only playing 31 minutes. He's probably got an extra two minutes of upside there as well. This happens to rookies all the time. We have been a little bit brainwashed, I guess, because of the way that Barnes and Mobley started last season and the way that Matherin and Ivy and um, oh, they're the two major ones in terms of those under unheralded rookies or guys who we weren't as excited about started up hot. But even like Keegan Murray and Paolo Bunkera started off unbelievably. We go, man, look, Jabari Smith, he's shit out. These other rookies are killing it. Whereas those guys started off well, and Matherin and Ivy and even Paolo, they're dropping back. The efficiency is falling away a little bit. Even Keegan, the usage has fallen back a little bit. And that's what rookies will do. Whereas Jabari started poorly, and people were just writing him off. He's done. He's finished. He's useless. What a waste of a pick. What a bust. It's dreadful. Anthony Bennett. When all it is, is 32% from two. What, that, that should be able to hit 50, surely. Maybe it doesn't. And it is a longer-term investment. But man, people are dropping this guy. So it's a buy low, but also if anyone drops him, grab him immediately. And then we go to his teammate, the Filipino legend, Jalen Green, who is putrid as well. 
176th ranked player in category leagues, 86th in points leagues. I thought he could get to top 60 this season. Um, why is he not? Well, is his usage up? Yep. He's averaging 19 points per game. That's a pretty good number. He's playing 34 minutes. He's getting 2.453s, 4.4 rebounds. All that stuff's really good. But what's happened? Why is he bad? Well, he's hitting 36% of his shots, including 37% from two. He's hitting 35 from three, which is the same number as last season. His assists are a little bit down. I'd like them to jump up. He's at 2.1. I would have thought there would have been somewhat of an increase in playmaking. Maybe he was at 2.6 last season. Maybe that could have gone to 3.5. And that could still happen. But he hit his twos at 50% last season. He's at 37. He is finishing 50% at the rim. It is a horrendous number. I think he was at 61 last season. There you go. Has that got to do with jump shots not falling? Has that got to do with selfishness or tunnel vision or his teammates? Or is he just bricking layups? He looks like he's bricking layups. That 50% rim finishing for someone at the athletic, even anyone, any sort of player, 50% at the rim is a ludicrous number. That should be 61. It should be 63, 64, 65, really. That is the easiest scope for improvement. It's not, it's not hard to get there. And while we can, oh, he's a chucker, he's a chucker. The reason his percentages are so low is because he can't hit a f***ing layup. That's got nothing to do with chucking. Some of the other stuff is bad. He's still hitting 34% of his threes, which I'd hope can improve, but it's not, it's not useless, it's not dreadful. There's a lot of improvement here. And if he gets dropped, which again, I've amazingly seen someone suggest that, you, you add him immediately. This is, again, throw your 10th best player. 11th best player. It, ca- it can't get worse. It, it can't get worse. Unless there's an injury, which of course we cannot predict. Let's look at some sell highs. Is this one obvious? Yep. Still going to do it. Don Mitchell. Because he is uh, absolutely flying. He's Don. He's good. Um, yeah, he is good. He's the fifth ranked player in category leagues. He's the fourth ranked player in points leagues. But there's the just obvious thing that's out there. He hasn't played with Darius Garland yet. Or he's played like half a game or whatever it was. So a lot of the things that we're getting from Mitchell just aren't going to sustain. 32 points per game, not likely to stick. 7.3 assists, he averaged 5.4 last season because yeah, Garland's not there to run the offense. So that's going to come down. 7.3 assists is so valuable. <clears throat> and while the usage is up, while the assist opportunities are up, he's also taking this opportunity to be an unbelievably scorching hot three-point shooter, hitting 46% of threes. This is what I talked about earlier opportunity up and then also rate statistics up at the same time means blow up numbers. And that's exactly what's happening here for Mitchell. So while we could sit here and say that the points will probably come down, the usage will probably come down, the assist rate will probably come down when Garland returns. I think that's all reasonable, right? And that'll drop him back up and everything else will stay the same. But then he's got this other thing here where that three-point percentage might fall to 37. It might be 38. And then that's another half a point, one point, two points off his scoring as well as a usage drop, as well as an assist rate drop, and he's maintaining a super high steal rate at the same time. There are a lot of red flags there in terms of numbers of how they're going to drop. I I don't think he's going to finish top 15. I don't think he's going to finish top 20. I think he's around the 30 mark. So if there's any player that's under, like Paul George, is that an option? Probably not after yesterday, but maybe. Like anyone, Joel Embiid's like 19th this season. Would I consider him? Trey Young's 23rd. Yeah, I'd take them. I'd take them very easily. Like Devin Booker for Donovan Mitchell? Probably take Booker. 
Right? It's very, uh, there's just a lot of points there. Where I go, ooh, ooh, I don't think they're going to stay at that elevated level. Let's go to New Orleans. Jonas Vasu Inuansas. He's the 34th ranked player, Valanchunas, 50th in points leagues. And this is while playing low minutes, but it's trending down. He's played under 25 minutes in three of his last four contests. He's at 26 minutes a game this season. He's averaging 17 and 10. He's only blocking half a shot a game. He's not a good shot blocker. But what is happening at the moment is that his rebound rate is basically, he's basically getting the same amount of rebounds as he played got last season in four fewer minutes. Is he going to continue to rebound at a career high rate? I would have my doubts. The other thing that's happening, he's a good free throw shooter. He's at 89% from the line, but he's also attempting almost five per game. Now, you might say that, what does that, what does that matter? Five per game, that's not that much. And I guess in the scheme of things, it isn't really. He averaged 3.9 in 30 minutes last season. That is, again, it is a gigantic difference. The fact that he's hitting more free throws in fewer minutes, or he's getting to the line more. He's also, his last three years in percentage, 75, 77, 82, and he's at 89. I think we, if we look at it, that's six games for Valanciunas. His last three games, he's hitting 80% from the line. He's averaging eight rebounds. It's already starting to come down. There were some big games. His first two games, he had 30 rebounds in the first two games combined. He had 14 free throw attempts in one game. Every other game, two, two, three, three, four. That's it. Like early season numbers skew a lot. Those big couple of games he's had have been without a bunch of players. He is going to fall away. I don't think Valanciunas can maintain top 50 value, let alone top 35. I think he's going to be in the 65 to 75 range. So you know, really try and try and get a top 40 guy, top 50 guy back in a trade. And I think you'll be I think you'll be feeling pretty good. Let's go to San Antonio. Whose horse is that? The horsecock Calden Johnson. He's the 37th ranked player in category leagues and points leagues. There are a few things here. We knew Calden Johnson was going to have a better season. We knew that he was going to see a usage jump, and he has. It's been great. We've seen him at like 25% usage, but Devin Vassell's been out like the last three games or so. His usage is at 27%. It's at 28% over the last three games. And is that a big difference? It's a big enough difference. He's also averaging over his last three games five assists. He's at 4.1 for the season. Last season, he was at 2.1. He has doubled his assist rate this season. And while the removal of DeJounte Murray did necessitate an increase in his assist projection, that I agree with that, and I did do that, this level, this five assists per game, his 15 assists over the last three games, is just not a realistic expectation. And while assists are up, usage is up, he somehow managed to shoot way more efficiently from three. It's the double whammy effect. He was a 40% three-point shooter last season. That's that's really quite solid on five attempts per game. That's really good. He's up to nine attempts per game, hitting 44%. And over the last three games, he's at 11 attempts per game, hitting 50%, including 67% on corner threes. He's not taking a ton of corner threes. 10% of his shots, though, are corner threes. And they're going in at 67%. And they will not continue to do that. I think he was at 50% on corner threes last season. That's okay. That's fine. 
but it's a big drop, right? So the sale will come back. The assist will drop a little bit probably. The usage will drop a little bit. But this three-point shooting on this volume, I find it really hard to believe that he's able to stick that. The usage, no problem. That'll stay pretty high. The assist rate staying higher than last season, no, no concerns whatsoever. But this guy over the last week's the eighth-ranked player. He's 37th over the course of the season. What he's done these last three games has been amazing. It's been ridiculously good. But it is going to cool off. I don't imagine he's averaging 28 points with over five threes made per game with five assists and 95% from the line where he's never been an 80% guy ever. He's never even been a 77. Oh, actually, that's not true. He was 79 as a, as a rookie in 17 games. But otherwise, he's like a mid-70s guy. There's a lot of improvement here. I don't buy it all sticking though. Let's go to the Woodslanger in Charlotte. This is an obvious one, but it's also not. I'll tell you why. Because a lot of people do look at the numbers and they go, well, Dennis Smith, man, he's great. He's earned the minutes. He's earned the minutes. That's what people will say. And it won't be everybody, but that's what people, some people will say. He's the 48th ranked player, the Woodslanger, 57th in points. And I, I hate doing this because I was so high on Dennis Smith in his draft. I had him number three in that draft and I've looked dumb for five, six years. And then he's established himself as an unbelievably good defensive guy, which I've said a number of times over this season and even last season. Hey, he's really good at that. And now the opportunity has arisen for him to play starters minutes. He's killing it. But it's, it's just not going to be able to stick. And the way that I know that there is an, an ability in some situations to sell high is that someone said, well, he's definitely earned 25 minutes. And what they can probably do is you know, take Booknight out of the rotation. Oh, I, I 100% agree with that. That's, that's great. Yeah, and they'll probably just drop Rogier down to 28 minutes a night. Like, what are you talking about? This is what I mean. Like, people look at it and go, well, Smith's so good that we're just going to cut these other players who are definitely better and make them into role players. And I just don't think that's realistic. So there are people that believe that. Smith is playing 31 minutes. He's averaging 2.4 steals. He's a great steals guy. His steals rate is basically on par with what he's done in his career. It's just not going to stick at that volume. And he's a notoriously terrible shooter. And he's hitting 44% from three. So opportunity, way up. Usage, way up. And then combining it with career best shooting. It's a recipe for a massive fall off. 48th in categories. 57th in point six. He's not going to be rosterable, I don't think, outside of being a steel specialist streamer, you know, like an Alex Caruso type, soon. Their two main guys, their two best players are out. Rogier and Ball, they're both out. I, I don't know when they're coming back. I'd like to know. And then there's a 24 to 25 minute player in Cody Martin to come back too. Smith will be in the rotation. I have got no, no problem with that. He would definitely be in the rotation. He might even crack 20 minutes a night. But I think it's pretty laughable to suggest that he would that Rogier will be cut back to 28 minutes so Smith can play 25 minutes a night, therefore maintaining fantasy value. I, I just don't see how that's realistic. And his shooting's probably not going to stick. And you're never going to get a top 50 player back for Dennis Smith. But you might get a top 80 player. You might get a top 90 player. If you could get Jalen Green for Dennis Smith, oh, yeah, give it to me. Jabari Smith, every day I would do it. Every day. I could be wrong. Maybe Lamella Ball never returns. Maybe Dennis Smith establishes himself as an all-star level point guard and he plays 30 minutes a night and Jabari Smith's a bust. That is distinctly possible. It's highly unlikely. Well, it's not distinctly possible. There is a chance. Everything has a chance. It's highly unlikely. But I think when I'm trying to look at things and the odds of all these things occurring, it doesn't seem likely, does it? Last one. We go to Sacramento again. We bookend it with Sacramento's. We go to Fanta Pants, Kevin Herter, who's dominating. Again, a player that I've liked in the past and then was somehow more down on him this season than others. And he's making me look dumb. 61st ranked player so far this season, 88th in points leagues. 
All right, that's great. The starting role, we knew he was going to lock that in. I thought that he might play 30 minutes a night, though, not like 33, 34. So I'm a little bit off on that. In fact, he's playing... He's actually only playing 31. The last couple of games have been great. But here we go. 53% on threes. It's not going to happen. It's, not, it's just not 4.2 threes per game. And when so much of your shot diet is made up of threes, which is... What's his three-point attempt rate at? 67% of his shots are threes. And they're going in at 53%. Right? That drops down to 40. Still unbelievable. Then those 4.2 threes become 2.9. And then the 18 points he's scoring becomes 15.5. And then he's averaging half a steal with four assists. He's also, I think, quadrupling his free throw attempt rate. I think it was at 0.7 free throws per game last season. He's at 3.2. Again, it doesn't seem like much. But getting to the line, that's two and a half extra points a game compared to where he was last season. Two and a half points per game, maybe three points per game extra, two and a half points per game extra, two points per game extra from his three-point shooting. And then 18, three, and four becomes 15, 14, three, and four. And you go, I'm less enthused. Yes, he should be rostered. And the last couple of games have been great. And he's clearly seen off Malik Monk. But there's a lot of things here which are unlikely to stick. I think Herder can be around the 100th best player rest of season. So you try and trade him for a top 75 guy if you can. And that will do it for me today. Let me know. What did you think of these buy lows and sell highs? Have you executed any of these moves? Will you try it? Do you disagree? And if you do, please comment on it down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.